Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. Really hope we see you there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We are so happy and proud that this episode is sponsored by Button Up Box, a brand that we love for many reasons. As you'll probably already know if you follow us both on Instagram, Button Up Box is a fresh dog food delivery service that delivers straight to your door and takes into consideration all of your dog's dietary needs. The brand started with a rescue dog, which we obviously love, and Betty and Boa have absolutely thrived on it. Button Up Box genuinely care about their dogs and their ethos is that good enough for the dog is not good enough. Dogs deserve better. The meals are comprised of quality meat, veg, lentils, vitamins and minerals and don't contain any grain, wheat, gluten, corn, soy or sugar, all of which are known to cause intolerances in dogs. We haven't been asked to say this, but we wanted to highlight the huge amount of work that Button Up Box do with dog charities. They donate meals to dogs in shelters and they even donate freezers so that the shelters can store the meals. If you would like to try Button Up Box out for your dog, you can get 50% off your first two boxes with the following link. www.buttonupbox.com forward slash Alex and M. Oh my God, why did I post that? Ah, I don't know what to do. Should I delete that? Yeah, you should definitely delete that. Recording <laughs> <laughs> in progress. Every fucking time I have a heart attack. I can't do I American accent. Recording in progress. I can't do no, it. No, please, will you just, please do your Australian accent because you really can't do that. Recording in progress. No, no, no. no. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Recording in progress. Oh my God. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, hang on. Good day. I'm recording now. Oh, no, forget. <laughs> oh, my God. You sound terrible. Repo- recording in progress. Recording in progress. There you go. I'm in it no, now. No, I'm in please it get now. out of it. <laughs> well, that was horrifying. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Well, shit state now because I've just ripped all my stitches fucking guarfing or whatever that horrific attempt at an Australian accent was. Um, I've, and you've also had a really shit week. Yeah, you've we've had, had shit weeks, haven't we? Disaster. Yeah, I know. And that's actually my bad. So I might as well just say it now, right? The good. The bad. And the awkward. Yeah, why do we start every episode so negatively? We should call it the bad, the good and the awkward. No, go, lean in. Lean in, lean, lean in. in. Yeah, at the risk of 
this like this podcast just ending up being like discussing our ailments our particular ailments of the week um yeah I've got COVID I knew it was only a matter of time I could feel it chasing me it was on my heels and (laughs) yeah I don't know I don't even know where I got it from but I got it and this is the thing like I I don't genuinely don't know my mum thinks I caught norovirus at the same time because I was really, really sick, sick with it. And like, I mean, I had, I mean, you heard me, didn't you? I had like a really sore throat and I couldn't speak properly, but that was fine. I could deal with that, no problem. But it was the sickness that really... I couldn't believe how sick you were. We had that one day where Boa got my dog, we've been dropping like flies, but Boa, (laughs) my dog got really sick and it was a low point for the both of us, but I had to syringe her shit um, to take a sample for the vet. And I was on FaceTime to Al and she was like, I've got to go. This should have been my bad. I forgot about this. I should have written this down because this is definitely my bad. Not COVID and having horrendous sickness. But How are you I... thinking this about you? Wait. I had to syringe dog shit. Wait, let me make it about me, okay? So I'm on the phone to you. I'm telling you how sick I've been, how nauseous I feel. I keep having to like put the phone down and ring you back because I'm like, I think I'm going to be sick. Anyway... <laughs> Boo is not well. You're like, oh, I need to go and pick up a shit. And so you put the phone down, right? You put the phone down with the camera angled towards the shit and the syringe. And you're just casually like working. And I said, Em, I love you both very much, but I cannot do this. Goodbye. And put the phone down. I was like, this is horrendous. Yeah, on the other end of that phone was me having had a bone graft mere days before. Fucking <laughs> swollen with a black eye syringing my own dog's shit. Uh. It was so ble- and she was looking at me like, what? And I was like I know. I'm sorry. This wasn't my idea. Yeah, I uh, Boo, had, she had this bug that's been going around London and I'm actually just going to put this uh, not around London, around the UK. I'm putting it out as a PSA to dog owners. Don't let your dogs drink from puddles or eat any other dog's shit oh, right now because yeah. it's apparently so contagious. And we had to go to the emergency vets on Saturday night because she was just being really sick and so out of sorts. Like she was just staring at the wall for ages. I was like, Aww. are you okay? And her back legs were going and it was really worrying. And then gave her an anti-sickness thing on Saturday, like literally Saturday night. It's my first time out of bed since the operation to, was to take her to the emergency vets. And then... On Monday morning, she just started shitting blood. I was like, this is a disaster. Um, Yeah, terrifying. And then we get to the vets and she's like, hi. Like, literally. I was like, you fucking twat. But anyway, yeah. And then um, they put her on some medication and and she's fine now. So that's my good is that she's fine. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah, that's really nice. Poor little Boa. It's so horrible when dogs are sick because they're so helpless. And you feel so helpless. They can't tell you. And they just sit there feeling so sorry for yourself. I don't know about Boa, but when Betty's not well, she kind of whines, but in a really faint, like, like and it's so sad. Boa's really nice to me when she's sick, which is how I know she's really sick, because normally she's kind of like, meh. And then when she's sick, she's like, mom. And I'm like, oh, baby. I know, it's cute, isn't it? Cute but awful, I'd rather. Um, But I'm just going to make it all about me again, and I'm going to tell you about my bad as well. Yeah, My more bads, more of my bads. Because I had my operation last week. So I had my screws removed from my face. I had six screws and two plates removed from my face. They're downstairs in the kitchen and I'm trying to work out what kind of jewellery I can make. And then they also did a bone graft because, long story, I needed one basically because of damage to the bone that happened either during the surgery or with the screws coming out or whatever. 
and I know we did the last episode like just before and like I was kind of like ha 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 it'll be fine and like very much I don't like I don't like thinking bad things they just they don't fill me with joy so I didn't think you know I didn't massively overthink it I was just like oh it's fine it's fine it's fine and I you know I'm a bit dramatic but in my head in my heart I really thought it'll be fine and can I just say it was the worst fucking thing that's ever happened to me like I know I've told you about it separately Al but by god it was horrible the only saving grace was that I made the best Spotify playlist that has ever graced anybody's ears of like absolute trash from like 2007 to 2011. Like we had Timberland. I had basically every Girls Aloud song released in that time. There was just this one, because I didn't have any sedation for the procedure. We just did local anaesthetic and I was lying there fully awake and I was just shaped my whole body. I've never had a like a stress response like it. My whole body was just shaking and the nurse was trying to hold me still and I was crying as it was happening. And obviously he's peeled my fucking face off and my own top lip was blocking my nostrils so I couldn't breathe. And every time I breathed in through my mouth, I was choking on bits of my bone that were being like chipped away at. And I literally was like, this is horrible. It was horrible. And the playlist was a redeeming feature. And about halfway through, I did relax. And I was like, actually, you know what? Like, I think I'm going to survive. Um, and it'll be fine. And it, and, it, and I'd stopped crying and then whatever. I'm not even going to try and lie, like, do what I normally do and just be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. This has been terrible. It's been horrific. I think if I hadn't had COVID before, I'd have been fine. But mentally, fuck me, I'm miserable. Like, I'm, I've been really struggling. Yeah, so, it's so understandable. That's me. <laughs> You've literally gone from one isolation to another and with with very little joy interspersed. So I'm I'm not surprised. No offense, think... but you were my only interval. I, I literally, I saw you on the Monday. Yeah. And then... That was it. And I, that was it. Yeah. And you were good, but you weren't that good. I wasn't <laughs> that good. It was not enough to sustain you for the three it weeks of isolation. It was like... No, it, you were not redeeming enough for February. No, like, no, just... I fully appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually, I can't be bothered to dwell on that. So I'm just going to like, okay. we're done now. I've told you about my trauma. I've made you all feel sorry for me. Okay. And now let's just move But like on. actual trauma, I can't, I can't believe that you did that without any sedation. I just don't think I physically yeah, you, could do hell? it. I mean, if you have to do it, you have to do it. But like, that is horrific. Horrific. Yeah, it was really shit. Yeah. Oh well, I survived. Okay. What's your good? You survived. Wiggly order. Um, Well done. Um, My we have done this in a wiggly order, haven't we? But keeping people um, on their toes. Yeah, I wanted to keep my bad brief because not that exciting. COVID. I had COVID. Yeah. Um, And my good is that I got out of the house today, and I am. Oh my God. Well, my first good was when I started to feel a little bit better, and I went into the shower and I washed my hair and I did a hair mask and I shaved my legs my, I shaved my like entire body well you know in the normal areas um like I didn't do my eyebrows or head but <laughs> I did what else did I do like I moisturized oh I did like full skincare and it was heaven you know like oh I just think like pampering and I, I don't know I, I don't really love that word but I need to like work out why I don't like that word I think that'll be a misogynistic reasoning 
Yeah, go pamper yourself. Go, yeah, yeah. the ladies' room. Go powder your noses. Bit of pamper. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's seen as a, as a very frivolous thing to do. It's been but marketed it was, badly. It has been marketed badly. But it was, oh my God, it's absolutely divine. I felt more like myself again. And then today I did my makeup, I did my hair and I left the house. And I feel like I have a, like a renewed appreciation for life and the little things. Aww. Like I keep taking, I'm like, that's so beautiful. That tree is so beautiful. <laughs> like normally I don't look up. Um, <laughs> and yeah and and I went and got a coffee and I was like so nice to the barista 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 <laughs> <laughs> not the barista <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh, off, you idiot <laughs> the barista sorry <laughs> There needs to be better clarification around those. I feel like they're too similar. The barista. Um, I was so. I was like, "Hello, how are you today?" It was like my first bit of human contact. Um, and also, Dave made it back from the stag do. In case anyone's interested, he made it back alive. Thank God. We had a little bit of a falling out. Has he made any more in- friends? Oh. He says he says he has actually. He says he's made a couple of American friends. Um, but he doesn't now, think he's going to. Is unlikely. It is, but he says he's, he doesn't think it's going to be kept, something that's kept up because he just doesn't well, no, have space. He doesn't have social media no, or he, space. He is lacking in capacity in that area. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we had a little bit of a falling out. Oh my God, that was another bad. Okay, sorry, I'm going on, but we had a little bit of a falling out because the one thing I said was when he goes, I was like, when you go out at night, text me when you get in because otherwise I'm a very anxious person. I'll be waking up, wondering where you are, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he didn't on the first night he didn't and I was so (laughs) so furious I told you didn't I I was so mad and I didn't speak to him properly for ages but I was so sick and I had no one else really to speak to so and I ended up just being like well I forgive you but I I forgive but I don't forget so there you go yeah I'm not angry I'm just disappointed yeah oh I'm also very angry I'm angry (laughs) and I'm disappointed (laughs) I'm angry disappointed (laughs) frustrated upset all the above so that's my marital ways um awkwards (laughs) what's your awkward I'm actually just going to be a total fucking dick and put my sister on blast because love it is so good that genetically I'm allowed to share it I have some entitlement to this because not only did she embarrass herself and her family but she also embarrassed the entirety of the UK so I'm just gonna tell everybody her awkward so Katia's living in LA at the moment which is very cool um and she's thriving very cool she's the coolest person I've ever met or so I thought until this happened but she was out in LA living her best life and she's got lots of like cool friends and she's doing like film shit so it's like cool people and whatever She's out in LA having a great time and um, somebody came up to her and said, "Um, oh my God, you look like you're from Euphoria. And Kat went, thanks, but I'm from England. Oh my God. What the fuck? The the girl was like, what? The girl was like, nothing. (laughs) What did she think? It's not even like, I'm trying to think of a country that's like comparable in sound it really isn't is there thanks i'm I'm from england um what's your my my awkward is not like necessarily the most awkward thing in the world and other people might not find it so awkward but it's something that i have like lived in fear of for a long time ever since i started interviewing at hello when i was at hello magazine and i did loads i did loads of interviewing but i was always terrified that i was going to lose my train of thought because i 
do that a lot, as you know, but it's normally, it's fine. Cause if I'm just talking to you or like, if we're doing it now like this, I can just be like, oh shit, um, I lost my train of thought. But in an interview, you can't just be like, as an interview, you can't just be like, oh, you lost my train of thought. You just can't do it. So I've, I've, I've always been very panicked about it and about it happening. And thus far, I, I've managed to keep my train of thought until yesterday until, until when yesterday. the train came off the tracks <laughs> yeah yeah and it's someone's fault so we were doing a really we were doing a very hard hitting interview with a really important big name and it was That's serious next week it, we've got a really serious special bumper different episode next week yeah it's going to be amazing and it was quite a big deal and you ballsed it it was a big deal and I ballsed it. So, and I was, I was really nervous this whole interview and I don't really know why. Um, but so towards the end of the questions, we had like pre-scripted questions that had been pre-approved. And towards the end of them, we, we were at the end of them, but I had like a point to make. And <laughs> I swear it was a really good fucking point, but I'll never know because... <laughs> And I started out, I started out with it. I, I need to listen back to the audio, but I started out with the point and then my <laughs> phone flashed up with M saying, wrap it up. <laughs> We've run out of time, we're running out of time. And I just saw wrap it up and thought, oh shit. Um, I don't know, I just panicked. I panicked and I thought, oh my God, maybe I shouldn't make this point. And in that split second from going away from the point to should I be making this point, the point was gone. But I didn't say, oh, sorry, I've lost my train of thought. I just decided to carry it on through. And I don't know what I said. I can't remember what I said, but I think it was just a big old jumble of words. It went, um, so... Uh, <laughs> it did. I felt so bad because can I just say normally we're in the same room like it's because and I think that's really important when we do these because when we interview people because Al and I have to pick up on each other's social cues and you yeah. can tell when someone's going to ask a question or when one of yeah. you's itching to or leaning forwards or it's just so much easier with a better flow like zoom works for loads of stuff but in my opinion it doesn't work for giving interviews as well but obviously she had covid and so we had to and so I felt really bad but it was like I just knew that this was that I I saw I was watching the time I was like we've got to wrap it up now and I and I saw your eyes go down and see my text and I literally saw your brain like all the thoughts just fall out your ears literally <laughs> literally literally and I'm and like, really sorry I was and I did it I was like I am such a twat <laughs> I was mortified and she the woman we were interviewing was so confused she just paused after I stopped going mm, yeah and and yeah I think that's a really good thing like I said I don't even know what you said and then she just paused and went yeah I was like, okay, okay. And that's the end of the fucking interview. Nice one. So, so yeah, that was... So look forward was to that next week. Daisy's going to have a job to edit it. Yeah. yeah. I was mortified. But you survived. You survived. survived yeah. We survived. Jesus, we really need to pull ourselves together. We need to go and do some really fun shit for next I week. I know. We need to come back with positivity. I know that was a lot. And I'm, I'm just really sorry. Everyone will have just gone. They're like fucking miserable bitches. And just <laughs> around for this. But hopefully the guest has kept you here um, because we're really, really, really excited today that we are talking to Dr. Joshua Woolrich. 
If you don't know who Dr. Josh is, I don't believe you because you will. He has been a, a brilliant voice of reason on Instagram for a really long time and as a NHS doctor for a long time before that. Yeah, he brought out a book last year that is called Food Is Not Medicine and he's amazing at sort of like just cutting through the shit when it comes to health, particularly in the context of diet. And obviously we have been fed so much misinformation about food and fad diets and nutrition our entire lives really and this episode was so valuable in basically just getting through all of that shit hi hi (laughs) welcome to a professional podcast dr john number one podcast in the world slash uk are you still number one uk that's our world just uk but we'll take it there we go Um, you can have it always write it down yeah thank you have you checked our instagram bios it's in both of our bios so oh is it (laughs) (laughs) of course it is how long is it going to stay there for ever um we're honestly so grateful that you're here i think i know everyone knows who you are when we put the question box we were like everyone wants to talk to dr joshua so thanks for coming and if you well maybe you're a big deal too uh, am I? <laughs> no, don't say that. My head is big enough already. I need to be able to get out of the lounge doorway. It's fine. Don't, don't do it. No, not everyone knows who I am. You should probably tell people who I am. There well, we go. Let's make it awkward. Who am I? Well, Dr. Joshua is an NHS doctor yes. um, with an incredible Instagram presence, basically cutting through a lot of shit. Uh, you have a book that came out last year and called food isn't medicine and it's very good book very good book i actually have it we have it here i have my signed copy here and it's challenging (laughs) the nutribollocks basically and escaping the diet trap and it's honestly the most relevant book to a generation of women who have been and men i suppose who have just been fed such shite um, and we thought what would yeah. be really fun to do today would be kind of like looking at what you've done in the book and kind of asking our own questions and doing a fact or fiction segment with you. Fact or fix- fiction with Dr. Joshua Woolrich. How's that sound? Sounds great. Excellent. Sounds great. Especially with no prep. It sounds even more <laughs> <laughs> I promise you <laughs> yeah. okay. okay, we'll jump in. Right, we're going to, with a few of these have come from our own research uh, via magazine Googling. read in the North. Oh, mag- okay. So right. oh, cool. information yeah. that Alex and I have grown up with, some of this. Little and bit of, you know, little bits that we've picked up, for, you yeah. know, here and there that we've given a go. The Daily Mail is quite a popular newspaper, so we've seen some headlines. Yeah. First one is something that's a hot topic at the moment. You are allowed to refuse to be weighed at the doctors. Fact or fiction? Fact. Okay. Small caveat. Yes. What I would recommend is ask them why. Because you are allowed to refuse because you are your own human being and you can't, like, nobody can force you to do anything. And for a lot of people, refusing to be weighed is going to be helpful for their mental health and also ideally a lot of the time helpful for the then advice you get given because they won't have weight to fall back on as a scapegoat for then you know telling you what's going on um however there are certain situations where weight is useful because weight is not always there purely to stigmatize it's sometimes there to dose medications for example um it's sometimes there to see whether um, you meet certain criteria for certain medications and that in and of itself is not always stigma either. Sometimes the medications don't work properly if they're, for example, fat-soluble medications. 
um, versus non-fat soluble medications. And so if you have a lot of fat tissue, then the medication won't work properly. So therefore we might try a different medication instead. That in and of itself isn't stigma, but it can be stigmatizing for that not to be explained. Um, and so ask why. And if they say, oh, well, it's just for our records, <laughs> then, then you can say no, that's perfectly fine. You know, if they're like, oh, we just want to check and stuff and you like have a conversation with them. And that's a good way if you can. I know this is stressful for a lot of people and I get that. Mm. But try and see if you can have that conversation. Be like, well, for me, that that does have a big impact on my mental health. You know, I struggle with my relationship with food and disordered eating and I would rather not be weighed unless there's a very good reason why I should be. Do you mind explaining why you're asking me to be weighed today? Feel free to write that down. Hit the minus 15 second thing on the podcast episode and just be like, just write that down and take it with you. Like, that's fine. And if they give you a good reason, they should be able to give you a good reason. And that's usually quite a good sign if they can't give you a good reason. Say the doctor is very much at the school of thought that uh, weight defines health. And sure. that's what they perceive to be their very good reason. And they come back with that. Well, it's not a reason. You just say no. Do you, so you just say no. Yeah, well, it's up to you. But, you know, if if it's something that is actually really important. Yeah. And they will say it. They'll be like, oh, because we because, you know, your weight might be impacting this and we need to check. So, well, OK, but you, you don't really need to weigh me for that. So let's have a conversation. Um, but if it's like, well, this medication that we're going to be prescribing you is prescribed based on weight or there are certain criteria around weight for this medication. So therefore, that's why we need to get there. You'd be like, OK, fine. But can I face the other way? And can you just not tell me what I weigh? Because I don't want to have that right now that's also a thing you can stand backwards on it right um it weighs the same doesn't make a difference <laughs> um so you know but have that conversation and and yes i know there are old school doctors who are twats and they just they just are blunt and they refuse to have conversations but they should do and that is becoming less and less um the case as they're retiring um and yeah there are some younger ones who are also twats but again have that conversation like just ask why um, and if it's like just for our records or because, you know, nobody's going to say because your weight defines your health. It'll usually be because it's for our records. You just go, well, I don't, I'd rather not. Nice. I'm just thinking in my head, like, for, for example, it, you know, if someone was to say, oh, because it's not healthy to be overweight and I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that you might be overweight. You just go, sure. Well, thank you for that. But I would like to come in and talk about the things that I've come in to talk about today. There you go. And that doesn't involve being weighed yeah because you know you can give me that advice too if you would like but i would rather not receive that because again i struggle with my relationship with food and my body and disordered eating and i would rather do something that is actually going to promote health for me mm. um so could you give me some advice that's going to do that yeah that's brilliant advice love that yeah um i think the next one might be a bit easier for you to <laughs> answer eating an apple before every meal will make my metabolism quicker and make me lose weight. Or a after. grapefruit. Grape, it was grapefruit for me. But it's yeah. an apple. Uh, was that in the, well, false to start with, but was, <laughs> it, was, that in the, was that the magazines then? I don't know, but I did it for like a good term of school in like 2008. So. I, ate, I ate one and a half grapefruits a day because I'd eat one before every, a uh, half before every single meal because wow. apparently there was an enzyme. Yeah, I your, thought. Your poor teeth. But no, I ate a whole apple before every meal a day for about a term. Okay, <laughs> but let, let's be honest about what that actually is, right? All this is, is just a, a technique to try and blunt your hunger. And I'm not saying you, the, I'm talking about the royal you, right? It doesn't matter what it is. There's nothing special about grapefruit or apple to make any difference. Some people will glug a whole pint of water before eating because it's like, oh, just in case I'm thirsty. No, it's your, you're trying to not be hungry. Mm. 
because we're using these as tactics to try and eat less. Um, and that's what the food, that's what eating before the meal is. Um, it's trying to, you know, it, it's adding in something to try and not feel as hungry for the main meal so that we don't have to eat as much. Um, and it's, it's not healthy. And yeah, no, there is no, there is nothing magical or fancy. If we could trick our metabolism like that, I'm, we'd have died out as a species years ago. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. It's pretty impressive, our bodies. Like, <laughs> I actually got really sore eyes from doing that because like the way I cut into the grapefruit. Were you rubbing it into your eyes? No, but you know the way you cut into the grapefruit and it would squirt all in my eyes? <laughs> and it, no, no, really. And it just happened like so much. And in the end, I was like, I have to stop with my eyes. Like, because it's just, you're getting like bloodshot. Yeah. While we're on the random fruit thing, can I conform while I have a doctor in the room? Does an apple a day keep the doctor away? <laughs> no, but it is just good to eat more fruit. So that's all that was. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps not a fruit. Okay. Grapefruit. Those oh, damn apples okay. ruining American healthcare because <laughs> the doctors aren't making enough money. God, yeah. no, it's they. But eat more fruit, definitely. Do Granny it. Smith yes. versus, yeah. Granny Smith versus yeah. the medical industry, like that. That's actually something that I I don't have any resolutions, but this year I was like, I'm going to eat more fruit and just try and get it in because it is really good yeah. for you, isn't it? Great. Do it. Yeah, <laughs> just not grapefruit. <laughs> dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I used to peel and eat a lemon at school. That was just oh. a weird thing. But you know, I I would love that. But if you could peel it, you can peel it like an orange, like if you actually do it properly, because it's well, it's just a citrus fruit, isn't it? That's the best information I've ever had from a doctor. That's never occurred to me. <laughs> I thought you can. To, I assumed you just had to cut the grapefruit in half. You oh know? No, you can you can try and peel it. But it is just a big orange, isn't it? I don't know how easy it because a grapefruit has quite thin. Actually, no, it doesn't. Yeah, give it a go. Post I'm it on your Instagram. It's going to explode all over your eyes when you bite into it. Ah! This is the line of the episode. <laughs> and, and peel the grapefruit. Oh my god! Ne um, next next one. one. Next up, <laughs> Noom is not a diet. Fact or fiction? I mean, that's fiction. We all know that's fiction. I know, but I just wanted you to tell us why. <laughs> <laughs> Look, any anything that portrays to help you lose weight is a diet nice i mean and we know what we mean by diet here obviously diet is just your eating pattern but in this context it's like deliberate weight loss intentions right going on a diet in quotes um noom is just my fitness pal with fake cbt bullshit that pretty much every psychologist i've ever spoken to about it is really pissed off that they are masquerading to claim that it's psychology um it's not it's not at all it's just calorie counting with traffic light labeling which is what that's weight watchers anyway isn't it yeah. so it's my fitness pal cross with weight watchers also then teaching you about um stuff at the end that's supposedly meant to make you not need to calorie count anymore um which they confuse the members of the public as to what intuitive eating is i found that out recently um so they portray that intuitive eating is essentially that they try and teach intuitive eating at the end. But what they're actually just doing is teaching the hunger fullness diet, which is like, you know, just make sure you only eat when you're hungry and stop eating when you're full. And then you'll always stay the same weight for the rest of your life, which is just bullshit. Um, and that's not intuitive eating either. No, just to clarify. no, but it's crazy how effective their marketing has been because I've never seen a something hoodwink so many people if I ever so much as refer to even refer to Noom on my stories I get the Noom apologizes straight away you know Noom is not a diet it really helps with eating habits it teaches healthy eating blah 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 so I mean they've been they've been effective in their marketing strategy but of course they have they got shitloads of money mm. 
Um, my boyfriend is really into Gwyneth Paltrow. He's got sage stick and everything. Into what? Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah, he's like, fucking, like, I'm really scared one day I'm going to come home and find a new man. Like, he gets, he sages the house all the time. It's really bad. Does he have her vagina candle? I was going to say. I don't know, probably. We have a candle drawer, I'll check. It's going to make you start douching. <laughs> if he buys you a jade egg for your for Christmas or your birthday, just say no. Yeah, yeah just yeah. say no. Just wrong. Taking that back. Um. Okay, so I have a gluten intolerance which I wish I had never been told about because I gave up gluten I'm very allergic this is a fun fact about me I'm very allergic to dairy like super allergic to dairy I, I get like um sneezy and and wheezy and it's foul nice yes um but so I went to go and see a nutritionist when I was like in like 2011 and no, later than that. Anyway, no one cares. I went to see a nutritionist and she was like, well, you're allergic to dairy. And I also think you'd do well to give up gluten because I think you're intolerant to it because she's... No. Anyway, but because I was like 18 and I was so ill with the dairy thing, I cannot stress it enough. I gave up everything and I literally gave up everything. I lost so much weight. I was so unhappy. It was fucking awful. And... I now realise I had no need to give up gluten. Dairy, I grant you, I can't eat. But gluten, I, I could have done. And I gave it up because she told me to. And now I can't fucking have it because it makes me so ill because I've had now you struggle without it. Yeah. yeah. So I just can't eat it now because I've basically created a gluten intolerance. So, yeah. um, so my question, Dr. Not a question. My fact or fiction, is gluten really bad? No, no, no. You? Again, sorry. <laughs> My facts or fiction. Gluten is really bad for you. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Hundred percent fiction. Um, yeah, gluten. Glu- I don't know why gluten became so demonised just as a thing. I think it's probably because it was like we're not actually demonising carbs. We're just demonising gluten, and in the mm-hmm. process, we can tell you to avoid all bread and pasta and all the things that have carbs in them that are good. Um, yeah, it's. Look, some people some people actually have celiac disease, right? That is a very real thing. Um, it's You could think of it a bit like an allergy to gluten, although it's not technically an allergy, um, which I know and somebody pointed out to me in my Instagram stories the other day when I said it was an allergy. I was like, come on, let's just, we're simplifying it. Um, it's an autoimmune condition where gluten causes inflammation in the gut and you can't avoid that. If you have gluten, you feel crap and you, you can end up, um, with nutrient deficiencies because if you get lots of gut inflammation then you're not going to absorb as much nutrients as you should do so yeah people who have celiac disease like validated should avoid gluten just like people who have a peanut allergy should avoid peanuts just like you getting hives and sneezing and swelling and stuff from eating dairy should probably avoid dairy like there are no I, I'm very much of the opinion that we should never insist that anything gets removed from our diet unless we're allergic to it or we just don't like it right or maybe a religious reason yeah yeah but that's the only reason we should remove things from our diet gluten is one of those things that has become such such a hot button topic Mm -hmm. that has been claimed that because for some people it does cause inflammation because they actually have celiac disease and an autoimmune condition Gluten has got this name for itself that it causes inflammation in everyone. And that's just not true. And there is a thing called non-celiac disease gluten intolerance. And, you know, that there are people who are intolerant to it and it doesn't make them feel very good, but they're not officially celiac. And that's fine as well. Like if it doesn't make them feel good, it doesn't make them feel good. Mm. But I think there's a lot of crossover between people who 
now don't feel good because they've avoided gluten for so long and they Hello. and they have developed an intolerance because our body for some things our body can develop intolerances if we avoid certain things for a while because we're not used to digesting them anymore mm-hmm. um and gluten isn't hugely easy to digest in the grand scheme of foods but it doesn't matter if we're eating it if we're just used to it that's fine and it comes with things like fiber and other wonderful things in bread and stuff like that. And also just joy and excitement because <laughs> bread is amazing. Don't rub it in. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, so so there are people who have gluten intolerance, but there are lots of people who unfortunately are avoiding bread and don't need to. Um, and it's definitely not bad. It definitely doesn't cause disease. People are like, it causes PCOS or they tell people with PCOS to avoid gluten or people with thyroid issues. Some reason gluten has become the scapegoat for that as well. It's just nonsense. Like it really, really is. I wish I'd there spoken you to you like seven years ago. It's my life mission to get gluten back in. There are there are potentially ways, but you need to be careful. Yeah, with it. I know. I know. And, and we can talk problem. later, but it's, there it's are, you know. <laughs> at the moment. Well, not well. Yeah, okay. We'll talk. I'll chat. Oh, not yeah. Yet. Oh my god, hundred times for you. We'll chat. Regret saying. Um, I'll send you an invoice. It's fine. Yeah. Oh my god. Don't even care. Whatever it is, I'll fucking pay it. I want. I want bread. <laughs> it's been so long. Okay, go. You go. Okay. Next one. Uh, again, I think I. I don't know if it's going to be like a very simple yes or no answer. Skinny jabs. The skinny jab. <laughs> yeah. Is a good way to lose weight. Fact or fiction? <laughs> fiction. Complete bullshit. Yeah. So this is a, uh, the, the skinny jab. I think it's semaglutide or something. Again, you didn't prep me on this. So I'm trying to try and remember oh, these drug names off the top of my head. Um, it's, a, it's essentially a diabetes medication. Right. Um, that we found as a side effect, delayed gastric emptying. So what we mean by that is it slows down when the food leaves your stomach. And so if food leaves your stomach, if it slows down when it leaves your stomach, then it means that you you can't eat as much because you feel fuller for longer. And so people found that if they were taking this medication, it had the side effect of unintentional weight loss um, because people weren't able to eat as much. Now, that didn't last. As soon as you stopped taking the medication, your gut started working like normal again. Mm. And often your body will compensate for the unintentional weight loss that it was a bit scared about because weight loss is bad um, when it comes for when it comes to survival, um, and so the body will just put that weight back on, and that's kind of normal. And you know, it was an unintentional side effect of a medication that was meant to try and improve insulin resistance in diabetics. Um, but because we love weight loss, it became um, approved as a weight loss drug. Um, but again, there's zero evidence that it does anything more than any other method of weight loss and it only lasts as long as you're taking the medication and again it's a medication and medications have side effects and that the unintentional weight loss was not the only side effect (laughs) that these medications can have like they can cause you to be very unwell like all medications can be bad right we don't want to be taking drugs for the sake of taking drugs unless we have to because they do things outside of the realm of normal when it comes to our physiology that's how drugs work which is why food is not the same as drugs because food can only work within our physiology whereas drugs can work outside of it anyway um so that's just one good reason why food isn't medicine but we can talk about that it messaged me not (laughs) everyone else and i'll ignore you but yes um yeah so so yeah don't we shouldn't be taking drugs unless we have to take drugs unless it's actually going to be doing something really good and it is just another method of making us feel fuller. Um, and it only lasts as long as you take the drug for. So 
And it's bloody expensive. I do, yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a jab, is it an injection? It's an injection, yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. It's like diet culture, it's like heroin. Diet culture, it's insanity. Like, you, but it doesn't even make you feel as good. Spoiled. Like at least heroin makes you feel amazing as far think as I'm that. aware. Yeah, <laughs> that's from a doctor, everybody. <laughs> hey, look, we give people heroin in the hospital. So it's like, it does make them feel good as far as I'm aware. Just I haven't ever had it. But yeah, if you go in for any sort of operation, you'll probably have been given heroin. It's heroin morphine. Is that it? It's diamorphine. So it's two. Heroin is created by by accident, essentially. Like we we deliberately put two morphine molecules together in the lab to try and make a different analgesia that was better than morphine. Um, and it was better, but it also came with these whole side effects of being incredibly addictive. So um, we use it in the hospital, but we use it in small amounts and in controlled ways and when people don't know. And so there's no psychological addiction to it because people are having it when they're anesthetized and things. So yeah, we give diamorphine okay. in the hospital. In it's the same thing. Stay away from heroin. Yeah, that was sorry, that was just my end. Yeah, it'll stop you breathing. We only give it to you when you're in when you're anesthetized because we're controlling your breathing at that point, so it's fine. Um, but that's why people die from heroin overdoses. They just stop breathing. You don't have the urge to breathe anymore because it's a suppressant. Makes you feel great, but you don't breathe. Imagine the urge not to breathe. But you just don't have the urge anymore. It just it suppresses it. So you just you just stop breathing. Wow. Um, if you overdose, that's why the overdose kills you. I never know that. Look at that. Fact time with Dr. Josh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, another one. Fun one from the noughties. Celery burns calories as you eat it. Fact fiction. <laughs> I remember that one. I do remember that. It was like the energy it requires to digest salad <laughs> yeah. is less than it takes to eat it. So it's great. I, it sounds like bullshit to me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The body's pretty, uh, the, the, your body's pretty efficient. So, you know, if, if we could actually, if there was actually a food that was negative in energy, I know it's just, just no. No. Okay. no. Stop it. I remember going through a celery, <laughs> celery phase as well, eating a lot. And I hate it. No, but... but I love celery. And now I always feel like people, when I buy it, I'm like, they're going to think I'm on like a diet. Mm. I'm like going to get cancelled for eating celery because everyone will say I've sold <laughs> out. <laughs> just, just have it with like lashings of hummus and peanut butter yeah. and stuff. And then yeah. it'll be fine. Right, right. Do you eat celery by itself? Because uh, if you do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure we can be friends. Yeah. Oh my god, I don't know. It's just know. weird. How many Clarkson cancelled for eating celery? <laughs> that's less. That's le That's more inconsiderate than having a drum kit in a flat. I mean... <laughs> Look at us, couple of wankers. <laughs> you're all gonna. You're all gonna eat your words when I emerge as a drum. A drum star. I'm gonna eat so some celery. <laughs> a drum star. That's what they call uh, them. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> a star drummer there you go the drum star that's also definitely what they call them <laughs> Keith Moon the star drummer so intermittent fasting is just starving yourself for a certain period of the day correct that is true it is just starving yourself it's priv it's privileged starvation as far as I'm concerned and 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 titled it that in my book it is just privileged starvation it's no different to starving like so why is everyone so preoccupied with intermittent fasting it feels like people have just discovered it they found out that it's this this incredible new thing and that's gonna make you lose weight and keep it off a of good like why is why has intermittent fasting just blown up if it is literally just about cutting calories out of a certain time of your day oh she knows gone what's a pr <laughs> but who's doing the PR for intermittent fasting? Who stands to gain money from intermittent fasting? 
the people who write the books about it. <laughs> That's true. Um, no, I, I would um, I would say there's probably two reasons. I'd say one is that um, it's been turned into a health in quotes thing and not a weight loss thing anymore. It still is a weight loss thing, but there have been these health claims around it um, in regards to something called um, autophagy or autophagy or however you want to say it, um, which is basically the body renew the, the body um, removes cells that aren't doing very well and will will make new ones like all the time that's what we do um, and that process is called autophagy auto and phagy meaning eat and auto meaning doing it yourself so we eat our own cells essentially um, and that renews our cells and we found that uh, fasting periods forget for weight loss but we found that fasting periods in um, rats and in parasitic worms and in other small creatures that we are not um, can increase that autophagy. Um, and so we were like, oh, well, therefore it must help us live longer. And so it's good for our health. So we should promote fasting. Look at these cultures who fast and they, they live much longer. Well, yes, but they also meditate during that fast and they're doing it for religious reasons. And they're like, you know, they're actually reducing stress when they're doing it it's not actually the but anyway um so yeah autophagy was claimed as this thing that was so good for your health the irony is that uh two things one we can't actually measure levels of autophagy in humans so we have zero evidence that it does anything for us right. um <laughs> we're not parasitic worms or rats um and number two autophagy is not just removing cells that are not working properly autophagy is also the way of describing the process of moving nutrients around the body, which makes sense that you might do when you're not eating. So when you're fasting, your body needs to move nutrients around your body from cells to other cells because it's like, ah, oh, crap, we don't have anything coming in. So we should probably actually make sure that we can still function properly. So if by fasting we increase that process, that kind of makes sense, right? But why is that healthy? That's just a coping mechanism because we're not giving our bodies food. Also, we already fast every day. We sleep. Like, that is fasting. And during sleep, that's when we renew things. And it's when our brain goes through renewal cycles, which is why sleep is so good for us and all that kind of stuff. We don't need to do it again during the day. It's just pointless. Um, so that was one reason, health. That was, And also the other one, I'd say, that we've become this, we've grown this obsession more recently in the last kind of decade or so of um like uh like self-control being this thing that is glorified right um and it's seen as the ultimate form of self-control of just refusing to eat when you're hungry um that's called anorexia, isn't it <laughs> one of yeah um so it's seen as this so yeah those are the those are those are that's my that's my fancy answer to that question <laughs> those two reasons okay nice. i liked it thank you <laughs> i have something i have another one um i live with this fear every day because i i definitely read it in the daily mail um is the fact that i like diet coke going to kill me no it's not going to kill you <laughs> fact or fiction i'm going to be killed by my diet coke fiction why w tell me why you were told it was going to kill you oh i don't know probably this, i think i either because it's going to give me cancer or because of the artificial sweeteners, or more likely, I think the artificial sweeteners are going to give me cancer. Yeah. There you go. That was what I was hoping to get from you. Yeah. No. Bullshit. So it it um it varies depending on the country, but most of the time, diet coke or coke zero or 
Coke Fancy or whatever they're calling it nowadays, um, is has aspartame in it or aspartame or aspartame or have you say it. Um, it's the most tested and regulated food additive we have. The most tested. We've known we know how safe it is. Um, and have a have a random guess how many cans of Diet Coke you would have to drink for the aspartame to have any impact on you in a negative fashion. A day or in in a day. In a day. 70. How would you have a time? No, 10. 70? You'd be, you'd be on the ceiling. You'd float it away. <laughs> 1,900. Oh, wow. Yeah. And because we wouldn't, it wouldn't, it couldn't be 10 because someone might drink 10 in a, in a day, right? Yeah, like, so, so the, these things are regulated and the levels that they're set at for safety are so, so low below the, below the risk level because we, we actually have to make sure that they are. So I would have to drink nearly 2,000 cans of Yeah, and so two things would kill you first. One, the caffeine in it. The caffeine would kill you first. Yeah. Um, and also just the sheer volume of fluid would kill you. Oh, yeah, yeah, you just can't drink that much. Can so absolute nonsense. Oh, I'm absolutely <laughs> delighted. I just feel go. like I've got my life. It's been like my, like, my shame every day. I'm like, I'm killing myself. <laughs> now, you are wrecking your teeth. Sorry about my that. My teeth are fine for now for now um, yeah, but you are come back when i'm so, 40 I'll just unfortunately <laughs> anything that is anything that is fizzy is bad for your teeth so yeah. your dentist won't thank you but otherwise no the rest of your body is absolutely fine he's a nice guy and also i can just there take a leaf out of alex's book and just avoid them so exactly no, no. <laughs> what avoid the dentist yeah. no i'm not so sensitive i did that for many years of my life and i've had a lot to sort out so I'm, I'm good now but you know for all your american listeners uh yes the stereotypes are real <laughs> not all of them my teeth actually look quite good i've never had braces sucks to be you but you know like yeah i have had to have a decent amount of drills oh i've got great teeth mind you they did have to break my jaw this year so i feel like that was yeah yeah i feel like, like swings and roundabouts yeah exactly <laughs> but i'm gonna have my coke zero and not die so that's exactly there you go you've got the you've got the green light of course you are. toothless but i'll be alive just don't just don't have it after like 4 p.m because again caffeine like you don't want to really be having any caffeine within eight hours of going to bed. I could honestly, I think I could like, sh like streamline, like I could inject a full like double espresso into my veins at 11 o'clock at night and still sleep. All right. I'm just going to challenge that. Um, yes, you can. However, you're kidding yourself if you think it's not having any impact on your health. What are having? Am I okay? So, no, no, no. So the reason being, and again, this was something I always used to say. I'd be like, I oh, know I can sleep if I have a coffee. It's fine. It doesn't make a difference. Your sleep quality massively goes down if you have caffeine within about eight hours of going to bed. Really? Eight um, hours? I could have like... Exactly. Oh, no. Within eight hours of going to sleep, try not to have any caffeine. It does affect your sleep quality. So you'll still go to bed. You'll still think you're sleeping fine, but your actual sleep quality will not be as good. Right. And you want your sleep quality to be good. Sleep is important. So try and reduce any any caffeine about eight hours before bed. So if you go to bed midnight, that's 4 p.m., right? If you go to bed like 10, that's like 2 p.m. 10, 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Yeah, do it, do, it for like, do it for like two weeks. You'll feel better. Okay. Promise. God, I'm still... I'll, I, can, I can get away with the coffee at four in my brain. You can get away... But we're not, this isn't about getting away with, right? I don't know. A lot of the time yeah, I'm yeah. like, as long as it's not going to kill me, I think I'll be all right. It's like, about thriving, but also, not so But you're, you're like, you're like, but I need it because I'm tired. Why are you tired? I don't know. Maybe it's because you're having caffeine before bed. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and you're not sleeping properly. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm tired go. all the time, to be fair. Like all the time. I don't remember the last time I wasn't tired. Funny that. Yeah. There you go.
Hmm. Sugar ages you. Fact or fiction? Oh, uh, I I don't really know that one. That one I'm not sure. That seems like a bit of a. I think that's probably very context dependent. And what I mean by that is is like sugar in and of itself. That sounds like bullshit. Um, but if you have a diet that is incredibly high in sugar, then I'm sure that you might have problems just in your general health. So that might be where that myth comes from because mm. it might be like a general, like your overall health goes down because you're not getting enough nutrients because sugar doesn't have many nutrients. And if it displaces other things in your diet that do have nutrients, then that's not really a good thing. Um, but ages, that seems very specific. I don't really know where that's coming I, from. I think I, I, I was going to say I read, but I actually even think I wrote an article about it as well. When I was writing more beauty, um, a dermatologist said that sugar attacks the cell and ages it, and then eventually some chain reaction, and basically it essentially breaks down the collagen in your skin and loses the elasticity in your skin, and therefore you 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 age you you know your skin ages faster. Uh, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> so so does do, do potatoes cause wrinkles? I don't know. Yeah, see, this sounds like bullshit to me. Because like sugar is like anything that is made of carbs is made of sugar molecules and your stomach breaks it down and your gut breaks it down and you absorb sugar into your bloodstream, which is why we have insulin. That's why insulin exists and that's all normal. So if sugar caused you to get wrinkles, then anything that had carbs in it caused you to get wrinkles. And that sounds like nonsense to me. You know what might have caused your wrinkles? The what? sugar in the grapefruit that shot you in the eye. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Look, the main thing that the main thing that causes wrinkles is is not wearing sunscreen. So, you know, maybe focus on the things we do and know are true and can control <laughs> rather than like yeah. trying to avoid all carbs the rest of our life because of wrinkles. That doesn't see that. That I sounds do. like sound really advice, bad. actually. Yeah, just wear sunscreen. Like, again, a lot of these things, and I, I say this to people when they're like, but what, what if I can't ask you and I don't know? I'm like, well, just think about it. Like, if it was true, so what? Like, if food that had some form of sugar in it caused you to get wrinkles slightly faster, I don't give a shit. No, like no. you know ex you know what is going to be even faster expressions yeah um the sun yeah. <laughs> uh do you know what i mean um I so, that if it does have an effect i bet it's minimal i'm talking as a like, complete non-expert yeah so it's like but so and and therefore what is the risk of you following that advice that's the other thing right it's like if you yeah. don't know if it's nonsense like does it make sense and what is actually the clinical relevance that's the thing we use in medicine but what is the relevance to you in your life and what could be the risks of you following that advice? There's quite a lot of risk to trying to remove something entirely from your diet. Yeah. It's not good for your relationship with food. So, so I mean, yeah, it sounds like nonsense to me. But also, even if we don't really know, it also sounds like something that we should avoid thinking about and probably ignore. Yeah, definitely. It just, it, that just seems like another way of just really shaming women, though. And it's like, don't eat yeah. sugar because you'll look old and then no man will want you. And that will be so sad. <laughs> you'll be destitute and alone like a little spinster. And all wrinkly like a prune. <laughs> 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 like a raisin because you won't wear sun cream <laughs> oh my word okay. seriously Sorry. on this on the subject of sugar yeah uh, honey agave maple syrup are better for you than consuming white actual white sugar oh so scary this white sugar i know it came yeah. from a plant i know um no, sugar is sugar which is sugar which is sugar it's all sugar I have a question about sugar. It's just a line. Yeah, go. I got a fact, fact or fiction about sugar. Is it more addictive than cocaine? 
No, absolutely oh, not. Okay. It's complete nonsense. I heard that somewhere. I was like, oh my God, I'm yeah. an addict. The, the, this, this came from some nonsense around doing some functional MRI scans of the brain and like yeah. going, oh, the same areas light up when we give yeah. people sugar compared to when we like, you know, uh, no, it's not. It is not addictive. It is not the same as cocaine. Just because the same areas of the brain light up, it doesn't mean that it's the same thing. That same area of the brain would light up with puppies. It doesn't mean that puppies are as addictive as cocaine. It just means that it produces this nice feeling in our body, right? So, so it does spike dopamine. Is that right? It makes us feel. What, what, what do you think? Like it makes it taste good. Anything that tastes good. Right. Right. So, it, and it doesn't spike dopamine. Don't say it in a way that makes it sound bad. Like it just it it al- allows our brain to release this feeling good. So it releases hormone. dopamine, but it releases dopamine yeah. because it tastes good, or the actual yeah. compound itself. No, because it tastes good because we like it. Ah, uh, okay. If we well, didn't like sugar, if we hated sweet things, it wouldn't release dopamine. I feel I, like you can't I answer thought... this, but it's just co- does co- cocaine taste nice. Or is that... We don't really taste it. No, do you? I, no, I know, but I mean, is that the is that a chemical thing that makes it light up, or do you? Yeah, just... so that's a chemical thing. Okay. That's because it specifically affects those receptors because it's a drug. Okay, fine. Yeah, I never. Whereas sugar, that. Is, sugar is not a drug. Sugar is just something that we like. So anything that we like is going to make us feel good. So this whole like being addicted to food thing, like we can have psychological feelings of um, like compulsion when it comes to certain types of foods, but that is not the same as addiction. Addiction is an actual physiological problem because we are addicted to a substance. Mm, That can only happen with drugs that change our physiology. Again, the whole drugs work outside of physiology thing. We can't become addicted in that same sense to food because food doesn't act within our physiology. It's the same, it is an actual, like we we can feel like we want it and we can feel like we're craving it, but that's because we love it. And also, that's because the world tells us we're not allowed it. Yeah, yeah. And those feelings of compulsion and like we can't handle ourselves and like we're addicted to it are amplified by the fact that we're told constantly that we shouldn't have it. Yeah. So there's that psychological element of we're doing something bad by allowing us to have it, which makes us feel better in and of itself because it feels like we're a bit of a rebel. Like it's that whole kind of thing of doing something wrong does have that element of like we're getting away with something and it makes us feel good and then it makes us feel shame and bad afterwards but that's not actual addiction the difference between that and actual physiological addiction to a substance is very different very very different so it's like it's like you can become addicted to gambling but there's no but there's no withdrawal symptoms to gambling right it's not the same kind of addiction as an addiction to heroin yeah yeah yeah, it's it is an addiction, but it's a psychological addiction that can be harmful. But that's not the same thing. We wouldn't say that gambling is a drug. Yeah, it's a it's a behavior, and it's because we enjoy it and it gives us a thrill. But it's not because it's doing something. There's no chemical process that's like we're not ingesting gambling. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So so yeah, it is not a drug, and it's not as addictive as drugs. It's not the same thing. Um, and a lot of the time when we, when we get, when people say, oh, but if I, I get these withdrawal symptoms when I refuse to have sugar and then they go away again, what that is, is that's the brain reconfiguring itself to be able to survive because you're refusing to give it glucose anymore. That is not addiction. That's because the main source of energy for our brain is sugar. That's how it's designed. That's how it's meant to work. And if we stop giving it sugar, the brain goes, oh, fuck, what is going on? You feel crap. You get like, you feel like you, you're missing something, which, oh, it's a drug. Oh, sugar. 
But no, it's just your brain is going, please give me that because that's what I'm designed to work with. And then it eventually adapts to be able to use fat as a source of energy. But it doesn't want to. It's not what it's made to do. It's a, it's a fallback mechanism for when we're starving. Okay. Which is why we feel hungry, right? When we, get, when we get grumpy and we feel crap when we're hungry, it's because our brain is going, I don't have energy. Please give me food. And it's the same thing with sugar. And so we, we believe this sugar is a drug. We stop eating sugar because we think it's bad for us. We then get these withdrawal feelings and we're like, oh, it is a drug. And then we feel better afterwards, but that's because the brain has adapted. And then forevermore, we're like, yeah, sugar's really bad. Sugar's a drug. You should stop eating sugar. Insane, isn't it? Honestly, I also grew up being told like Maltesers were naughtier than drugs. Like I think it was more common. <laughs> Not in so many words, but I think more people said to me that I was like, oh, you're so- Why Maltesers of all things? Well, I did. I just really like them. But you know, I think more people are going to say like they're naughty than like would have yeah. come up with drugs. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I guess they're- just say no, kids. Yeah. Maltesers, the dark side. <laughs> it is insane what we do to ourselves. Like our brain's like, please feed us, and we're like, no. <laughs> but the only reason we have these feelings around sugar is because we have so much compulsion around weight loss. It's the only reason. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. we made this. Yeah, for sure. Insanity. We never had this problem beforehand. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we never had this issue. We didn't care. Like sugar was seen as this lavish luxury item, right? Yeah. That was added to foods and only the royalty and the rich could afford. And now that we've mass produced it and it is very energy dense and, and our food environment has changed, it's become the scapegoat. And so it's become this thing that we're now looking at research into to see if it's addictive. And it's like, it's just such bullshit. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, a waste of money as well. Doing all that research on that. Well, they do it on rats. They don't really do it on people. But, you know, yeah. we don't really know that when we read the Daily Mail article that says <laughs> research shows that sugar is addictive as cocaine. No, it's that rats know that cocaine won't keep them alive and sugar will. So if you give them a choice, they'll take the sugar because they're not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why. Like, do we really need to be funding research where researchers deliberately get rats hooked on cocaine? We don't need to do that. No. To be able to have these conversations and know that we don't need to be demonizing sugar. Like, come on. I, our entire metabolism revolves around getting sugar, glucose, to different parts of the body to keep us alive. That's pretty much our entire metabolism. Right. So when we stop giving our bodies glucose, it panics. And it has to find other ways of doing it. But they're survival mechanisms. They're not, they're not thriving things. Mm. Like, and that our body's designed that way because not because we've forced it to be that way. It's always been that way. That's how our body works. That's why we have a pancreas. Like, that's just <laughs> the reason why insulin is a, is a, you know, it's just that's how this stuff works. So, yeah, it lights up this like, we're okay, we're alive. Great. <laughs> that's a well, good thing. You don't want to leave your pancreas bored. I didn't you know, know it's to got be to honest. Do, it's got to do the, something. I thought the pancreas was pointless. I thought it was like the appendix. That's the spleen, isn't it? That's no, your, your spleen is also important. It, it, it. 
and you like take the spleen take the battery if we don't need that shit Wait, mate um, seriously this is why we're not getting you to google stuff and do your own research you see yeah, because it's exactly. like you know yeah 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 your pancreas is very important your pancreas produces lots of enzymes it produces stuff to help you digest food and it produces insulin which is your most important hormone in your whole body pretty much yeah your spleen sequesters like blood cells so it kind of it helps remove blood cells that aren't good anymore and helps kind of refresh things and it's a good thing you can live without it but you don't you wouldn't want to unless you have to okay hmm. there you go <laughs> yeah, all right la last bit though your appendix also might not be useless either just as a to blow your mind a little bit um there's the potential we think that it has some form of immune function um and it has some form of immune cells in there that recognizes stuff that goes through your gut and takes little and it just causes a problem because you know we have a if you eat lots and lots of fiber you might you might have less problems with appendicitis because it keeps your gut regular but anyway carry on <laughs> that because i've always thought like it was a careless oversight from our great creators that we have this like organ that we didn't need that could potentially kill us so i'm actually kind of relieved to know that it's got a function yeah oh, it might do and i like yeah. it's keeping us on our toes you know what i mean yeah. like it's a little mysterious <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah yeah no, i know i it's i it's not the end of the world if you haven't taken out. Most a lot of people do not have it anymore. Yeah, and they're yeah. fine. People that but, are listening to this are going to be shitting themselves. <laughs> but but most of the time, pretty much everything in our body has a function. Some of it's left over, right? And we thought it was one of those. We thought it was vestigial from when we used to eat grass or something. But you know, we we there are so there is some evidence it still does something beneficial when it's there. But it's not a massive deal. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. There you go. Yeah. Um, microwaves. Microwaves are bad for you and heating your food up in microwaves are bad for you. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm microwaves so are relieved. As long as you don't rig it up so that you can turn it on with the door open and you stick your head in, you'll be fine. Like, it's it's a it's a box that fires radiation to heat things up. That's all it does. And it's microwave radiation, which is all around us all the time. It doesn't cause a problem. It's just concentrated to cause the water molecules to vibrate and cause heat. That's all it is. I didn't even have one in this house because I was like, I can't, I don't want to die. I noticed you didn't have one. I microwaves are fine. You do realise that your, your mobile phone is less shielded from microwave radiation than your microwave, right? Like, come on. Like, no, your, your microwave is absolutely fine. It's an amazing invention. It's an absolutely incredible invention. Again, was invented by accident. It wasn't invented to make food. It was invented for other reasons. And then they realized it heated stuff up and they were like, ooh, we can make this a thing. Um, so yeah, no, it's, a, it's amazing. Microwaves are great. And actually, ironically, if you want to go the complete other way around, um, you may find that it keeps more nutrients in the food microwaving it than if you do it um, elsewhere. Because the, the main determinant of how much nutrient stays in the food is how long it's being cooked for. And whether it's being boiled in water, because that can you can lose some of the nutrients into the water if you're boiling veg, for example. So like steaming veg keeps some more nutrients. Again, minimal, right? You're not going to die if you boil all your veg. We used to do that for decades and no one died. It's fine. Um, but no, microwaving is even better because you're doing it for such a shorter amount of time that the ability for the nutrients to degrade is even less. So no. Look, have lots of frozen, have loads of frozen veg in your fr in your freezer and use the microwave to warm it up. I can't Do wait it. for Dave to hear this because we argue about this all the time. And he's convinced that if you heat food up in plastic in microwaves, the Ooh, scary plastic. The plastic's like, I don't know, or like infused into your food and you end up eating plastic and No. No. 
No. Can't wait to tell you him just he's wrong. Dave is an idiot. He's never <laughs> wrong, so I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my god. There's more microplastics in water. So I mean, you know, I don't want to be worried about it's well, fine. I'm gonna go buy one literally tomorrow. Sold. I couldn't get one now. <laughs> Do you actually not have a microwave? I actually don't because of microwave. that. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Go get a microwave. Yeah, my mum's got one from like literally 1992 in our kitchen at home. And I when I tell you I press They're start, proper robust. I run. <laughs> like I press start and I'm like, has that suit on? I'm out. <laughs> Like, honestly, do you not think that we would have regulated them more if they actually killed us? I like, think the fact that it was from 1992 or thereabouts, I was like, this thing is it's terrifying. No. Um, that's insane. We do regulate things. Why don't, like, like, on a serious note, like, when things don't work in the way we thought that they did, we change them. Right. So like cars used to fucking blow up. Like we changed the way that the engine works. Like we would adapt and change things to make sure that they were safer. Yeah. Right. Like if microwaves actually did that, we would change them. Yeah. Like why, why do we think yeah, that that would still be allowed? We're being killed by our household appliances, surely. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, like we've changed boiler systems in the last decade because we knew that boilers started releasing carbon monoxide, right? And we were like, shit, that's bad. We should change it. Like we, we adapt, like we're not perfect. We get things wrong as we develop new technology, but we also change them when we figure it out. And microwaves are so ubiquitous. We'd have figured that out by now. Like they're incredibly safe. Good God, I, I love this. Yeah, that's maybe because the microwave is lazy. Microwaves, I can't cook. Microwave is so easy. There you you're not lazy. You just have other things in your head that take up more space, and so you have less capacity for energy to do cooking. That's fine. Yeah. Don't label it as lazy. Sorry, I know I shouldn't do that. Actually, no, I really, I really shouldn't that. do that. Yeah, that's a really good point, and I shouldn't do that. You wrote a book and you've bought a drum kit. You've got loads of stuff. <laughs> <in it. laughs> A drummer, you can't make your own dinner. My executive function <laughs> fails. How are you going to be a drum star if you're spending all this time cooking? Like, exactly. Exactly. I've got better things to do, guys. Drum, drum star, I love that. <laughs> that was your words, not mine. I know, yeah. Um, fact or fiction, my last one. Mm. Are superfoods a thing? Are foods super? Are there superfoods? No, no, not at all. I imagine little like blueberries and gapes. <laughs> <laughs> no they're they're not they're, i mean it, you, we know this because what counts as a superfood changes all the time right mm, right so like it's no they don't some foods have lots of nutrients in them some foods have less nutrients in them but we don't just eat one food no we don't have a single food diet like we have a variety of things and the healthiest diet is the varied diet so you know the, it's, it's just no it's not true like none of these things do anything magical again they're just nutrients right yeah we know we've we've we know all the nutrients like we know what the, we've got them all written down. We've discovered them all pretty much. Yeah. So we know that they all, if one food has lots of a certain nutrients in it, well, great. But they, it comes from other places too. So it's not super, it's not a super food. It's not going to do anything magical. It just might have lots of a particular nutrient in it. I'm going to kill you with this one, actually. I don't think you're going to like this. Okay. Uh, a calorie deficit is the best and only way to lose weight. Half true. Okay. With the only one, not the best. Okay. So a calorie deficit isn't a method. It's just a premise. Mm -hmm. We Our body works with energy. Like that's what it does, right? We ingest energy, we use energy, and there's going to be a balance. If we're positive in that balance, then our body's going to have to store that energy somewhere. We either poo more of it out, and that does happen, right? Um, the, the gut is pretty clever. Like our body's not stupid. So if we have lots and lots of food that we don't necessarily need all of, sometimes we will just digest less of it. 
Um, and so we will poo more of it out and so we'll, in, we'll absorb less of it. So we'll absorb less energy. That's one way of getting rid of it. The other way is that we store it and save it for later. It's a good survival mechanism that we have. We wouldn't be around as a species unless we did that. And we store energy in multiple different ways. One of those ways is fat. And that's the one we all get scared about, right? Um, if we don't eat enough, then we have to get that energy from somewhere else because we've still got to stay alive. And so we will break down storage of, of fat and we will also break down muscle as well. Um, fat is harder to break down. It takes more, it, it requires a bit more energy because it requires energy to break down things to produce energy. So muscle is actually easier. And it's one of the reasons why when people are severely unwell and in um, ITU and things and they're on ventilators and intubated, like they lose loads of muscle mass. So they wake up often having to learn how to walk again and stuff because they lose all their muscle because muscle is also used for energy too. But yeah, so if you're in a, what's known as a calorie deficit, then you have to be getting that energy from somewhere else and your body will use stores of energy that you have. If you're in a calorie surplus, then you that energy has to go somewhere and often your body will store that. So when we're talking about scientifically weight loss or weight gain, that is the scientific reason. But the fact that there are over a hundred different things that influence that calorie balance or that energy balance is wildly and deliberately ignored <laughs> by many, many people. And so, again, it's just like telling someone who's in poverty that you just need to not spend as much mm. yeah. and you just need to save more. And then you will be rich. Simple as. Like, well, it doesn't, it's it's a bit more complex than that, right? It's like, well, there are lots and lots of reasons why they can't save more or lots of reasons or things that influence their ability to save more. And there are lots of things that influence their ability not to spend as much. Again, you're under the premise or, or assumption already that they do spend too much, right? Like we assume that people who are fat don't use enough energy. They don't exercise. That's not true. So, that's why it's a complicated answer because calories are what govern our um our weight in in you know when we boil it down to something simple but it's not simple it is way more complicated um and treating body size simply as well it's just easy because all you need to do is just create a calorie deficit we also don't think about what happens after that either. Mm, yeah. So yeah, if you don't eat anything, you will lose weight. That's kind of a given. But then what? And what happens after that? And what does your body then do? What changes do your, does your body put in place to try and deliberately put the weight back on? Because losing weight wasn't something your body wanted to do. And it didn't seem like something that your body was very happy about, for example. It's not a very survival forward thing to lose weight. It's not good for us. Um, it's much better that we gain weight in terms of overall survival most of the time. And so it's complex. You can't just, I know where that question comes about because it's often used as a like, a, oh, it's just calorie deficit and you'll be fine. Yeah, and, you know, right. It's so it's overly simplified on Instagram. Very oversimplified. Yeah. yeah. Fucking calorie deficit, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's, it comes from... Um, big-headed gym bros who are completely ignorant of anything outside of their own privilege and they're usually very white and middle class and they don't give a crap about anyone else's feelings they have zero compassion or empathy um, and they use it to make money because they're usually pts 
Yeah. And, and it's, it's you know, just like, again, like the just lack of compassion and empathy. Like they, for them, it works. For them, eating less, exercising more, they will lose weight. So what sure, is not- because they do because they do that constantly because that's right. their job. There are some very interesting people who are doing amazing work around energy balance and all these different factors that influence it. And yeah, they'll be like, yeah, the only thing that actually makes us change, lose or gain weight is an overall energy balance. But it's very complicated and they acknowledge it's complicated and it's nuanced and all this kind of stuff. And there are lots of people that don't acknowledge that. And it means that it's just, it's just yet another weight. It's become another weight loss diet mantra. And that lack of acknowledgement as well is, is so harmful, isn't it? Because again, it comes down to personal responsibility and blame, like self-blame then. Oh, well, I just can't do it. Like, you know, they say that you just need a calorie deficit and why can't I just do it? I just can't do it. So, Yeah. Final question, yeah. and then Alex will see you out with a drum solo. <laughs> um, is everybody ready? Uh, you should be so lucky. Fact or fiction, BMI is bollocks. We thought we'd give you a really easy one to finish <laughs> off with. Yeah, you, you, you say that, you say that, but then, it's, but then if I'm going to be pedantic about it, then BMI itself isn't bollocks, but the way it's used is. Okie dokie. Yeah, <laughs> because all the BMI is is just a ratio. The problem is what we've done with it. Yeah, yeah. All it was was an interesting ratio at the time to try and kind of have an idea as to what like what our body size might look like and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But is is in terms of does it represent health? Should it be used as a marker to be able to to discriminate against people for medical treatment and IVF validation and, you know, yeah. adoption agencies and life insurance and everything? No, absolutely not. Um, it is an it is completely unnuanced and it's not a good representation of health. Um, and we know it's not, but we continue to use it because we're lazy and we don't. Yeah, we just it's ingrained. Um, but no, for what it's used for complete bollocks yeah okay but let's let's call it for what it is in terms of the problem is what it's used for yeah misuse right yeah 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 okay. as a population level it's interesting as a statistic mm-hmm. yeah but that's not what it gets used for it doesn't get used at a population level it gets used at an individual level to try and determine care and to tell people that they're fat and they should lose weight and to tell people that it's affecting their health because it's no longer 24.9 it's now 25 uh, sure because that makes sense thank you <laughs> thank you so much um for being here today and yeah for letting us speak to you for two hours where can everyone find you where should they go find you if they don't know uh well <laughs> the what what's your, what's your address <laughs> uh london um uh i am um, you can find me on instagram mainly uh i am a little bit on tiktok but i don't know enough dancing to be able to really do that that properly um uh uh you my name on instagram i used to be able to just type in dr and then joshua and it used to come up but now i don't anymore because i spent months not posting properly on instagram so they're currently pissing me off um but as i post a bit more i'm hopeful that they'll be like oh yeah maybe maybe people want to see this person um but uh otherwise have a look online for my book food isn't medicine um, don't be put off by the name. It's actually a really good thing that food isn't medicine. Trust me, you'll find some some release and comfort from that fact when you actually realise what I mean by it. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it'll be in the show notes, right? You'll like it'll stick be some in stuff the show notes, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you'll find me eventually. Oh, you'll be fine. Uh, it'll be good fun. You'll find it when Josh starts dancing in to Alex's drum solos, and they go viral together on TikTok. <laughs> Um, well, I promise to remember you all when I'm a drum star. Um, cool, when you're a drum star. <laughs> I promise. Um, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Bye. So we're back. I just warmed my lunch up in the microwave, and Emma's drinking a Diet Coke. And we're still alive, so that's remarkable. Uh, what do you want to start with? I've got an is it just me or an embarrassing story? Tell me what you're in the mood for. Hit me with an embarrassing story. Okay. Hi, Alex and Em. Em's story about her mum FaceTiming her in a restaurant on Valentine's Day reminded me of a super embarrassing and hilarious moment I had recently. My three-year-old brought COVID home from a nursery a few weeks ago and we ended up isolating for the best part of three weeks as we all got it at different times. During this time, he was also being potty trained and dropped his nap. So as you can imagine, by the time I was able to go out, I was in serious need of a good meal that I didn't have to make or to have criticised by a toddler. And I needed a drink. It was my birthday, so a mate and I went for an afternoon tea at the Ivy in Winchester. Fancy, I hear you say. And yes, yes it was. I was there living my best child-free life, sipping champagne and eating posh finger sandwiches when my phone rings and my husband FaceTimes me. Worried our little one was unwell, I immediately answered it and found myself on FaceTime with my three-year-old who was sitting stark naked on the toilet doing a dump and squealing, Look, mummy, I pooed! (laughs) With immense pride. I was torn between (laughs) hanging up immediately and pretending nothing had happened to preserve my facade of someone who should be allowed into nice public places and praising my lovely child for overcoming his fear of the great plop his poo made when landing in the loo. I hastily sought a middle ground and said quietly but enthusiastically, that's great darling, well done you. Mummy's so proud of you, before turning to my husband through gritted teeth saying, I'm at the ivy and hacking up. (laughs) Needless to say, I'll be unable to show my face at the establishment ever again. It just made me laugh so much. I'm at the ivy. (laughs) I love that, just doing a dump. Mummy, a poo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be mortifying. Okie dokie, hit me, what's up? Uh, So, and is it just me? Hi, Em and Alex. Firstly, just because I know you'll want to read it out. (laughs) Really, (laughs) really enjoying your podcast. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. She gets us. We're such twats. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is it just me or is anyone else really bloody exhausted from constant video calls and virtual meetings? Since working from home, I can't be the only one with Zoom fatigue. Constantly having to look at my little thumbnail video, having to keep my face arranged in a normal expression is so tiring. I'm so self-conscious that I spend more time looking at myself on the screen than looking at anyone else. On bad days, I even spend a good five minutes before each meeting staring at the preview of myself, making sure I look okay, fretting about how I look on camera. Is it just me? I completely get that. This is extremely common to the point that um, the amount of, of facial treatments are being carried out have gone through the roof because of this, because people are looking mean, at like their faces surgically? all day. I, I mean, like um, like Botox, like inject- injectables, Botox and filler, maybe like laser therapies, you know, just, just things yeah. like that. Aesthetic stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's um, because you're being confronted with yourself all the time. Like, you know, in... Yeah normal circumstances you look at yourself in the mirror before you go to work and then you're like bye and then you right. talk to people without the distraction of how you're being perceived it's it's a horrible like um I guess maybe we're used to it because of what we do but it's a it's really jarring to see yourself in the I, I completely understand I've actually totally. felt it so much with my face as it is I'm just like I can't put makeup on and when I'm talking to other people I forget how I look I forget that I'm a bit swollen I forget that 
I'm bruised and I can have a normal conversation and I don't care. But when I'm on Zoom, I'm so aware of the fact that I look different because I keep seeing myself and I yeah. and I'm like, oh God, I just hate it. I hate it. So yeah, I can you're constantly down. reminded of your of your appearance and also it exacerbates anything that you perceive as flaws I think doesn't it because you're literally confronted with them but there's a theory in psychology that if you essentially uh, and I'm totally going to butcher this but if you focus on something then it really it really becomes very prominent um, and I think that's the case with things like this as well like you can you can just find something to focus on and then be like oh my I don't know my nose is asymmetrical or whatever I don't know like I've got a double yeah. chin or yeah it's, but there's, some, it's... there's something to be gained from this um in that you've just asked is it just me and we're telling you it's not just you which means that we're all looking at ourselves when we're on zoom which means as much as you're looking at yourself no one else is like I'm not looking at other people because I'm the same as you like I'm always um like basically checking myself which means I'm I haven't got that much time for checking out other people and what I'm normally much more interested in as a zoom participant is the bedroom or like the room of what somebody's yeah. doing like I'm like yeah what am, I, what am I gonna see on the bedside table like that's much more interesting to me than the f- person's face so I completely understand why you're looking at yourself but everybody else is looking behind you at the shit in your room so I'd be more worried about that that would be my advice <laughs> I yeah exactly I just googled it and this is what I was referring to so something in psychology known as the spotlight effect which is the phenomenon where people tend to overestimate how much others notice aspects of one's appearance or behaviors so this can cause a lot of social anxiety for the person but you it just be safe in the knowledge as M says said is that a lot of people probably the majority of people are feeling the same way like they're looking at themselves in the camera so really you don't have anything to worry about I know that's easier said than done but um I think if you can find a little bit of solace in that you're good hopefully we will transition out of this phase and we'll go back to face to face stuff a little bit more maybe maybe and then yeah you can have like chocolate on your chin and no one will tell you and you won't know and you'll be a happy blissful ignorant life (laughs) So let's look forward to that. I've got an Is It Just Me? And actually, I'm really interested to know. I feel like I know. I feel like I can tell the kind of person that you are. I feel like I know your answer to this. And I'm going to read the first line. feel like all the emails start like this and you girls just love it. But I want to say how much I love the podcast. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm not. Honestly, I'm not sorry. It means so much. So I've just listened to the La La rep and hearing you both discussing poo at the end had me in tears walking down the street must have looked like a right dickhead to onlookers. But it did trigger an is it just me memory. So whenever I was at school or public toilet or literally anywhere other than my own home that I needed to shit, I would catch it in my hand in toilet roll to avoid any plopping or skid marks. Is that just me? Say that again. Catch it? What? In her hand? Or in toilet roll. roll. In to- it, well, obviously with blue roll in the hand. Uh, it's it, it's a yeah, it's just you from me. I'm afraid. Oh my god! What well, I totally thought you'd be a catcher. It's not just you because I know other people that do this, but I totally thought you were going to be one of them. I had you pegged for a catcher. I thought you'd be a bit anxious about the cops. <laughs> I just I figured that you'd be a like a little catcher. I just I don't know. I always got these vibes from you. So it isn't just you. I've never done it. I'm. I'm gonna just massively share with you, actually. Um, I, oh god, what am I telling you? This? Uh, the closest I ever got to catching it was when I, I guess I did catch it 
sort of. I'm much better now, but I used to have quite bad stomach issues and I had to send my poo away for testing once. So yeah, for lack of a better phrase, I had to catch my shit in a tray. I had to shit in a tray. And that was pretty shit because it was a paper tray. It wasn't sturdy. So I had to like, you know, and it was quite heavy oh my god this takes oh it back to that episode god. where we were talking about weighing poo yeah it was oh quite heavy god. too and i just didn't know if the paper would sort of anyway it did it was a sort what of like paper card, like card like car okay like a card tray like, like when we're in hospital when they give people things to be sick in like that no no no, no that's that's very okay. robust no like oh even oh like god. like paper card like like a thick piece of card that you could like a birthday card material but okay uh-huh. Okay. And I had to shit in my tray and then I had to get a little tiny spoon. Oh my, why do I have to take so no. many poo samples? This is the second time I've talked about poo samples in this episode. But that would have been an opportune moment to weigh my poo had I... Anyway, I didn't... It really would have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really bleak. Anyway, so no, I've never caught it. I can understand the urge, but no. to be honest, I actually don't poo in public places if I can avoid it. It doesn't bring me a great amount of joy or pleasure. I, I can't say that it's ever crossed my mind to try and catch it. I do have to say. Have you ever put like the loo roll on the bottom so that it's got like a little soft, like a little landing pad? Yeah, I, I, I've probably done that. I'm, I'm always sure scared to do that because I think, oh God, what if the combined thing of that layer of loo roll plus my poop <laughs> plus the other loo roll blocks the loo and that would be really embarrassing. Uh, definitely, definitely more hygienic than, hygienic than catching it. And... Oh, I didn't even think probably, about hygiene. Yeah, and, and a, lot, a lot less risky. Mm. Mm. You might end up just pooing on your hands. It's a massive risk. Okay, Al, I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm not going to look at you when I ask it. Have oh, you ever no, watched? Have you ever watched a poo come out your bum? Okay. <laughs> what do you think the answer is to this? <laughs> and if you have, I have no words. I have no, no. I I want to finish this right now. <laughs> Oh, our sponsors are going to be like it's devolving into absolute chaos every week have you ever watched a poo come out of your own bum i say your own like i've watched it come out of someone else's but um have you in light of that reaction i'm gonna say no comment <laughs> okay Okay, I have questions. I, I lied. I do have words and I do have questions. How? Logistically, how? Oh, you have to because go. you can't put a mirror. No, you just look down. In theory, hypothetically. Look, I'm not commenting either way. I'm just saying, hypothetically speaking, if somebody did want to watch their poo, you know, like just coming, like landing. <laughs> you sh- not like actual bumhole view of the poo coming out. Because <laughs> no. I was thinking, she's either had to get a phone under there or a mirror under <laughs> no, there. No, 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 no. Which po- I haven't made poses it- a lot of problems. Again, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> but hypothetically speaking, no, I'm not the sort of person that would go to the extent of like finding tools to facilitate something so ridiculous. So it's really like I've caught a glance. Look, okay, we've talked about... I, you know me, I can't sit still. I get bored, right? So I, it's very common for me to like play with my socks or retie my shoelaces or whatever when I'm on the loo. And if I just so happen to, you know... Put your head between your legs well, and see honest, what's going on. I actually... Fuck it. Okay, the time I had to catch my poo in a tray, yes, I had to watch where it landed, okay? So... 
that's that. That's <laughs> sure. It was the time when I had to catch it. Sure, that was the only reason. <laughs> I think it was definitely a serial poo. No, watcher. I'm not. A poo- I do not spread this rumor. Okay, I've seen it a couple of times. Okay, okay, and now I bet you any money that by the time I speak to you next, you'll I will have done it too. <laughs> I'll probably like pulled a muscle or like injured myself. I'm not very flexible. <laughs> well, I feel like I know you uh, better than ever. I feel like I know um, you better than ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should put a poll up. We'll put a poll up on the Instagram. Uh, at should I delete that to see how many people have watched it, have seen it? It might surprise us. Um, speaking of the Instagram. If you want to go and follow it, should I delete that? And actually, I'm just going to say as well, we love your entries, whether you send them via Instagram or to our email address. Any of these, any of these, is it just me? Any of the embarrassing questions, just email should I delete that pod at gmail.com. And yeah, basically, we'll probably read it out. Be nice at the beginning because that'll help. And then um, we'll embarrass ourselves on the back of your embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I just zoned out there for a minute thinking about like if if the you know, 18-year-old me, all ambitious and, and uh, <laughs> you know, ready to tackle the world and, and you know, do some good in the world Heart and really journalism. better myself. Yeah, yeah. If she could see me now talking into a microphone about, do you watch your own poo? <laughs> it's not quite what I had in mind for myself, but... I feel know, like... We are where we are. Really sadly, if 18-year-old me could see me now, she'd be like, yep, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Well, fuck. I've gone on for way longer than we were given. Whoops. Um, So yeah, we will. We will see you next week. See you next Monday. Next Monday, we have a special International Women's Day episode um, that will not be in the regular format because, well, you'll see why when it comes out. But we're very proud of it and excited for you to hear it.